0: Come on, keep clapping for those kids. You know what we do. We just let them hear us, amen? Hey, welcome, welcome. This is your first time with us, or you've been with us many more times after, you know, besides one time. We welcome you. We're glad that you're here. We believe the Word of God is going to work in you and change your life. And when you give your life to Jesus, come on, we do what the Bible says. We go from glory to glory. Come on, everybody. Faith to faith, strength to strength. Come on. You believe that God's not done with you? Anybody in the room? Come on. Anybody believe in 2020, there's, there still could be some more of God working in your life? Come on, any, come on. Any, anybody want some things pressed out of you and pressed in you? Come on, come on, like a grape, come on, like a grape, come on. You know, you know that, that that wine is made from grapes, and the only way you make wine is that the grape gets squeezed, squeezed, come on, Carmella says, squeeze me, I don't know, somebody give that girl a hug, come on, I don't know, <laughs> maybe that's a, that's a trademark, we don't, Put, put on a t-shirt. <laughs> Squeeze me. Uh, be careful with that one. Uh, uh, but anyway, uh, uh, so, so we're in a, a season of prayer and fasting right now. And really kind of what goes on in prayer and fasting is that God puts things in and he kind of squeezes things out. And, and, and so I want to encourage you As Brittany said a moment ago uh, Maybe you missed the first week Well come on we got 13 more days left Come on everybody There's more that you can press in And just hear God And so go online get the book It's about I don't know $11, $12 Or something like that for the book And you still got time to you know clue in with us and we're just reading the chapter a day. It's only a few uh, a few uh, pages and gives us some real ideas and some thoughts and some precepts on how to focus our life along prayer and what God wants to do in us and through us. Uh, we're in a series of, of lessons. This is our second week of just three weeks we're going to talk about really prayer and, and I, I was a part of a a family that prayed my mom and dad both prayed that was kind of like maybe unusual a lot of times It's a mom that prays and the dad kind of like just looks around at the mom and uh, but but my dad prayed he, he was a leader in the church and and he took leadership Responsibility and and he'd teach men and and, and had they actually had groups at their house all the time So it was not uncommon at all My dad would be the leader of the house praying and I grew up in that way And and so prayer is kind of like secondary nature to me if you will It's not something that I've, that's new to me and, and so Maybe it is to you, and basically we could just say this summarizing what prayer is. There's all kinds of different prayers in the Bible and different, we could say, rules for prayer. I don't want to get into all that and get too teachy with that this morning, but prayer is just simply communicating, communing with God, talking to God. Just like you talk to a friend, God wants to know you and talk with you, in that same kind of relationship. And so just don't think that I could never talk to God. Uh, you know, he knows you and he formed you. And so I think he really knows how to get a hold of you. And, and he longs for you to uh, be able to talk to him. And, and it's so interesting that if you've ever had a child, many of us in here ha- have children. And, and then now I'm fortunate enough to have uh, four four grandchildren. And praise the Lord, got one on the way in the womb right there. Come on, Brittany's <laughs> pregnant. So come on, we got a little daughter coming up here in the summer. So... I'm trying to see if we can call her Little Gary, but they don't like that name. So, uh, uh, but but it's interesting that of course when when, when a child is is growing, they, they don't come out of the womb talking, right? And so the talking is a learned behavior, learned behavior. Uh, they they've got it in them. You you had it in you the ability to learn to com- to, to, to communicate. Uh, But you didn't. It was a learned behavior. You heard from your parents and then you started forming words. That's why they tell us it's so easy to get a child to speak a couple languages when they're small. uh, Because they're learning. They can can do that a whole lot easier than when we become adults. And so I think for a lot of us, uh, maybe prayer is hard because we're not hearing the Word of God and what we need to hear so we can commune with the Father who desperately wants to talk to us. And so I want to encourage you just to lean in today. And and we're going to read a couple different blocks of scripture. We're going to read a scripture from the Old Testament by a prophet named Daniel, who was a guy that was actually captured and brought to a foreign country. And he served two wicked kings. And yet God was working in his life and used his life. And we got a whole book uh, in the Old Testament where, where he did some crazy stuff. I mean, some of you might have heard of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were thrown into the fire and they didn't burn. How many of you like some friends like that? Come on. That'd be some good to hang around some of those friends. Well, Daniel was throwing the lion's den, and come on, he didn't get eaten. I'd like that kind of friend. How'd you do that, right? Uh, I think that prayer was a secret to all the success that, that all those guys had, and it can be yours as well. So we'll read just one scripture, and then we're going to look over to the book of Kings and talk for a, a second about a block of scriptures about this one prophet called Elijah and what he did, and so much so that James actually talks about who he was and what he did in the New Testament. And then we're going to wind up talking about uh, Moses and what he did in one occurrence, and, and I believe how it's going to have impact in your and my life today. That not all right, everybody? I need a little bit of feedback. That's not all right, everybody? Come on, we're talk back church up in here, so you talk back to the preacher every now and again, okay? You went silent on me. Okay. Daniel chapter 10, verse 12. An angel of the Lord came to Daniel, it says this. He said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. I have come because of your words. An angel said to a man, I'm here because you prayed. Wow. 1 Kings 18, verse 41. Then Elijah the prophet said to Ahab, Ahab was the king, go up and eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. Let me stop there and kind of rewind the clock on you. Is that the nation of Israel had been in dire sin away from God, serving false images and idols and false gods. And the prophet Elijah said, there's not going to be more rain on this land until I say so. That's what the word of the Lord was. And so the heavens shut up rain, and we're going to find out at this point it hadn't rained in the land for three and a half years. And you do know back in the day there was some, we, we, we find some, some ways that there was irrigation, but nothing like today where, where you can go to Palm Springs or you can actually go to Israel, and you can see green in the desert. Come on. You can see in Palm Springs as you drive on one side of the road, it's completely desert. On the other side of the road, it's completely green grass because of irrigation. If there is no rain, the crops die. If there is no crops, or if there are no crops, the animals die. If there are no animals and crops, the people die. And it was a dire situation, dire situation. So Elijah says, there's not going to be rain until I say there's going to be rain. And here is the scripture after that. He says, go up and eat and drink to the prophet, the prophet says to the king, for I hear the sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, that's Mount Carmel, and he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees, and he said to his servant, go up now and look toward the sea. So he went up and he looked, and he said, there's nothing. And seven times he said, go again. Then it came to pass, verse 44, the seventh time, that he said, the servant said, there's a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he... Elijah said to the servant, go up and say to Ahab, prepare your chariot. Go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became dark with clouds and wind and there was heavy rain. And Ahab, this is the king, rode away and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord came on Elijah and he girded his loins and he ran ahead of of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Uh, The prophet outran the chariot. That's what it says. Uh, James 5.17. James writes about this. And James says in James 5.17 that Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. He was just like you and me. And he prayed earnestly that it wouldn't rain. And it didn't rain on the land for three years and six months. Three and a half years. And he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain. And the earth produced its fruit. One last portion of scripture from Moses' life. In Exodus 17 verse 8. While the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. And Moses commanded Joshua, and he said, choose some men and go out to fight, fight the army of Amalek. For tomorrow, he says, choose some men to fight for, for tomorrow. Uh, uh, I'm going to stand on top of the hill, and I'm going to hold the staff of God in my hand. So, so, so I'm, I'm going to go up to this, to, to this mountain, and, and you go fight the battle. So, so Joshua did what Moses commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of the nearby hill. And as long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. And when he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired that he could no longer hold them up, so Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. And they stood on each side of Moses holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. Can somebody say, Praise the Lord? Praise the Lord. Man, we see in, in, in these stories, specifically, of course, this one with Elijah and this one with Moses, this, this prayer that's prayed and this, this connection with God and And how someone on the earth connected with God in heaven, and it changed the circumstances on the earth. I don't know where you're coming from theologically. I don't know what you know and don't know, what you believe and don't believe. Let Let me just tell you from somebody who's been there and done that, I've seen God do impossible things. And I hope you're going to see him in your life as well. Come on, anybody like that this morning? I, I've seen I, I've seen what when the script looks like there's no way out God made a way out for somebody I, I've seen what a doctors report I was talking to a friend just yesterday, and he's got a friend at work Who's who's a, a, a husband or whose sister or brother-in-law lives down south in TJ? And they got a report went to the doctor that he's full of leukemia, and then they gave him You know only short time to live and this guy who works with a friend here in the church and said would you pray? And they prayed and they went back to the doctor and there is no trace of leukemia in this person's body come on i believe in a god who heals anybody like that come on anybody believe in a god who can still heal how i don't know it's just he's god He's God and he asks us to pray and he asks us to believe and he, and he asks us to just stretch and, and, and agree with him and just and just ask him to do something. So I think so many times it's not it's not God's inability to do anything. We know he is able all throughout the scriptures, from Genesis to Revelation, God is able, but he's looking for somebody on the earth that will form and fashion a prayer that believes that God will be who he says he can be. Anybody like that in the room? I believe you are. So let's just talk about several things that I see from, from this scripture with, with Elijah and praying that is just really important for us and getting our teeth sunk into this. And, and again, not just for now, but for the rest of your life, not just the 21 days of prayer and fasting in January, and, and I'm going to go the rest of the 11 months of the year and, and never pray or maybe never fast. No, let this be a lifestyle in you. We're just kind of kick-starting you. Come on, we're, we're just kind of giving you a detox. Come on, everybody. Come on, you get. Come on, you're getting all the all the guacamole and sour cream and come on somebody, you're getting the salsa out of your life. Somebody's saying no, I ain't, in Jesus name. <laughs> somebody said that's got to be the devil. Come on somebody. Let's talk about some things I think that's important as we look at this from Elijah's life. Thought number 1 is that posture is important. Can you say that with me? Posture is important. What what, what do you mean? Well, the scripture says that 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 First of all, it says, he said, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. He, he went up to this mountain and he says, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. Listen to me. There was no rain. There was no pitter-patter of rain. There was, no, there was no cloud in the sky, we read. The sky was like San Diego, like it's been the last several days. You know, crystal blue. Blue. There's no rain. There's no rain cloud. There's nothing that looks like Rain. But inside elijah he says i hear the sound of abundance of rain listen to me i believe there's many of you in the room right now what you see and what you hear isn't lining up and god's asking you to not go by what you see not go by what you feel and go by what the spirit of god is saying on the inside of you there's gifts and there's callings and there's the purpose of god the will of god the design the design of god working on the inside of you that requires you to believe something before you see something, can anybody say Amen? Come on, I'm preaching better than your Amen. But what we see is that posture is important. And again, I'm not this guy that says you got to pray a certain way all the time. But, but I do believe there is certain things and there's certain seasons in your life, and there that there is a growth trajectory in your life that God wants you to enjoy, that God will challenge you in. And what we see with this brother is that he got down on his knees. The Bible said. He got down on his knees. Listen, so deep on his knees, it says he put his face between his knees. I can't get my face between my knees. Come on. But he got down low. How much lower can you get? Come on. His forehead was touching the dirt on the top of that mountain. He got down. Listen, posture is important. What do you mean? It means that you're just saying, Lord, I'm humbling myself. I'm, 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 I don't know what to do. I don't know how to get it to rain again. I, I, I can't, you know, this isn't turn on and turn off. I can't turn on a switch. I can't make you do anything. I can't cause your favor. I can't cause your favor. I welcome your favor. I can't, I can't allow myself, I can't get healing in my life by myself. It's gotta be you. So I'm humbling myself, saying, God, I'm looking to you again. Come on, posture is important in prayer. Have you ever bowed your knee? Have you ever laid face down on the ground in desperation saying, I don't know what else to do here? Old Testament, they did it over and over again. Have you ever gone through the progression, <laughs> and maybe you're new to church like this? Again, uh, I was raised in a dominational church, like maybe some of you. Maybe y'all never been to church. But, you know, when I used to, go to the, I used to go to the rock concerts, anybody used to go to rock concerts like me? Come on. We got three honest people back over here on this side. Okay. Uh, whatever concerts y'all go to. Well, back in the day when the band was playing and we were all wigged out, you know, come on, somebody. And we wanted to play a little bit more. We, we would raise our hand. We would raise our lighters. Come on. Remember that? <laughs> come on. Anybody remember flick a bit? Come on, somebody. <laughs> play. Come on, encore. Play again, baby. We would kind of like raise our light, raise our hand. How, listen, how many know that God, God, God takes pleasure when you just lift your hands and worship Him? Posture's important. That's why we raise our hands in here. That's why we got, come on, give it up for the praise and worship team and the band. Come on. Man, bringing us in the presence of God, right? Come on. So when you come in here, and I've seen the progression. I've kind of, I, I, we watch you a little bit. Come on. We see, come on, you're new to church, and you kind of go, I'm going to praise the Lord. Whoop, there it is right there. Whoop, there it is. I'm going to give God a little whoop. Give him a little, come on, gonna give him a little belt praise. Whoop, there, right there. And then pretty soon, you just start lifting your hands a little bit more. And come on. Listen, just keep moving forward in your posture with God. Come on, move forward with your posture. God, again, it's just for you. But 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 there's something with that that causes you to connect with God. He's not necessarily going to hear you any better. But there's something about humility. You're saying, God, I need you. I need you. Prisoners of war, surrender. I surrender. I surrender. I surrender. What's that? I surrender. And he bows his knees. He bows his knees. And James, it's interesting that James, we read that scripture and James says, man he prayed and, 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 it, and it quit raining, and then he prayed again and it started raining. And so James is kind of connected with Elijah through, through we see through this book as James says this in James 4:6. he says, God resists the proud, uh, but, but he gives grace to the humble. He gives grace to the humble. So, so maybe maybe God wants to work in your life in a new way when you just humble yourself, you humble your heart, you humble your way, you humble your motive, your agenda Just say, God, the Father, I need you in my life in 2020. What happened in 2019? The good, the bad, the ugly. I, I don't want to carry the ugly into 2020. So I'm humbling you saying, Lord God, I'm looking to you again. You resist the proud. I'm saying, I'm not going to be proud no more. I need you helping me as a dad, as a mom, as a college student, as a single person to remain single and not go crazy. I need you with my money. I need you with my body. I need you everywhere. Amen. So humble yourself. It says there in James 4.10, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Check it out. He's going to lift you up. He's going to lift you up. Quit trying to lift yourself up. Quit trying to make, it for, make a name for yourself. Let God lift you up. Come on, let God promote you. Let God move things around. Well, you know, it's not your ambition, your desire, and it's like, oh, my my, my education, or, or I took that class, and I did that, and I made a way. No, 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 no. Let God just lift you up. Yeah, take the class. Yeah, go to night school, whatever you got to do. But come on, let God lift you up. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. I see it as an ingredient that just attracts God in his presence. If you will do that, can somebody say amen? Amen. I believe this. Humility keeps you low so you can see far. Humility will keep you low so you can see far. A low place causes you to see high things. I got to get high. I got to get high so I can see. No, no, no. God says, number one, you got to get low. You got to get low. In the book of Psalms, it says this, that God hears the cry of the humble. He doesn't forget the humble. He saves the humble. He guides the humble. He teaches the humble. He lifts the humble. He gives wisdom to the humble. I need all that. So I, this year, I've decided, I hope you do too, I'm going to spend more times on my knees than I do on my feet. If I spend time on my knees, I'll be strong on my feet. And you will too. The second thing we see is that with this man was that he was expectant. He was expecting. What do you mean by that? He's praying. Remember, he's got, he's on his knees and he's he's got his he's got his he's got his face, in, you know, in between his knees, and he's just down praying. And he's expecting because he tells his servant Gehazi, he says, "Go and look toward the sea." Tell me what you see. Go, 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 look toward the ocean, toward toward the sea, and tell me what you see. Because he's expecting, as he is praying for rain, that is the way the cloud, that is the way the uh, uh, the weather came. It came from the sea, and he's expecting that there's going to be change. L- listen, when you pray, when when, you, when when you get up from your place of prayer, and you just say in Jesus' name, Amen. The word Amen actually means so be it. That you actually believe what you prayed was is going to be so. So that just puts you in a place of expectation. That puts you in a place of anticipation that today could be the day that that prayer gets answered. Come on, everybody. And so come on. You're like a little kid at Christmas saying, can we open up the presents? Come on, everybody. Let's let's go. Today's going to be a day. I I just prayed, and I'm believing God's going to do something amazing today. So expecting just every day that breakthrough's going to happen, that that, that that kid that's on drugs is going to get off drugs. Come on, that God's going to open up a door and get you a new job and get you away from that crazy job. Come on, anybody. Amen? Yeah, be expecting. Uh, you know, there's a story, Well, uh, not necessarily a story, but a true, a true incidents. I say story, I kind of think we think fairy story, but true incidents in the Bible uh, that there's a guy named Simeon. And the Bible says that Simeon was expecting to be able to see the Messiah. That the Lord told him, you're not dying till you're going to see the Messiah. My Lord. And the Bible says every day the brother would come to the temple. We'd say church. Going, look, just over in the corner kind of going, where is he at? Where is he at? Is he here? Is he here? Nothing. Next day, okay. He's, I, I, I'm not, I ain't dying. Come on, I ain't dying till I see the Messiah. Next day he comes to church. See, anybody here? Anybody carrying a baby? Eight days old, the, ba- the male kids, male boys, had to come to get circumcised. Some would say, ouch. And they came to church, uh, they came to the temple to get circumcised. And, and so he's over there looking. Just, Is he coming? But then one day, <laughs> Mary and Joseph came carrying Jesus. And he sees Mary and Joseph, and he says... That's the Messiah. He's got to witness him. That's the Messiah. And he goes and he grabs baby Jesus and he starts worshiping and praying. Come on. Anybody at Walmart, somebody grabbing your eight-day-old baby? How many of y'all ladies going to hit somebody up in there? Come on. Come on. We're going we're gonna to run them over with the cart. Come on. Not Mary. Mary gives him and starts worshiping God. This is the Messiah. Come on. How many you know that when you expect, you're going to see? Come on, everybody. You're going to see. So let's raise our expectation. Let's believe God. God's not done. Come on, as you as you enter a new year, come on, just a couple weeks in January now, let's believe this is going to be the best year of the rest of our life. Come on. I get up every day saying, man alive, this is going to be an amazing day. going to be a great day. We're going to win today because Jesus is Lord. Yeah. So come on, when we pray, let's believe that. Does it make a difference what it looks like outside? If it's cloudy, if it's rainy, if it's snowy. Does it make a difference? Because we walk by faith and not by sight. Second ingredient, or third ingredient or so, we see with with this guy is that he was just persistent. What do you mean by persistent? Well, he's praying. Remember what we saw? He's praying. He's on the ground. He's humbled himself, Elijah. and, And he says to that servant seven times, he says, Number one, he says, Tell me what you see. Go up there and see. Tell me what you see. And the servant runs a little further top of the hill. Goes over and he looks out. And he, he says, there ain't nothing coming on, man. It's all blue sky. And he runs back and he says, ain't nothing, prophet Elijah. And he says, go again. And so the servant, he goes again. And he's up there. And he looks and he goes, ain't nothing. And he goes back, prophet Elijah, ain't nothing changed. And he says, go again. And I'm thinking Gehazi's going, Prophet lost his mind, but I'm gonna go again because I don't want him to curse me or nothing like that. And so he goes again. And seven times, the prophet's got the audacity, and that'd be a good word for you, to pray again and again and again when there is no change. How many times will you pray for that crazy situation, that unsaved friend, your brother? How how long will you pray for something in your life until you get discouraged? I pray you never stop praying. Jesus said in Luke 18:1, men ought always to pray and not quit or give up. Right. Come on, somebody. Don't quit. Come on, somebody say, don't quit. Poke your neighbor. Just tell him, don't quit. Right. Seventh time, what we know is that he gets up there, and I'm sure he's kind of going, seven, my Lord, here we go. How far he had to run, we don't know. He goes up to the top, and he, he sees, the Bible says, a cloud the size of a man's hand out there in the distance. And he runs back to the prophet. And he says, there's a cloud the size of a man's hand. That's all the brother needs. Seven times. Come on, somebody say seven. Seven. In the Bible, seven means perfection. It means perfection. Seventh day, right? Seven days. Perfection. 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 I'm not the one that says, you know, okay, that you need to pray seven times and you're going to get your answer. That would be a crazy thing for me to tell you. But let me just tell you, you need to pray and keep on praying until you get your answer. Ask and keep on asking Seek and keep on seeking Knock and keep on knocking For whoever asks receives and seeks finds And him who knocks the door Will be opened You got to be a person that persists You got to be a person that persists We said it already but I see that he walked by faith He walked by faith What do you mean? He believed he had an answer when he didn't have Any sight yet because. When he sees a cloud, or when, uh, when he didn't even see the cloud, Gehazi said, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand, and he's there uh, on his knees, and, and he actually just, he just gets up, and he says to Gehazi, the servant, to tell King Ahab, who's somewhere down there, he says, tell King Ahab uh, to go because I hear the sound of abundance of rain. It's getting ready to rain. Uh, all they all, all needed. There was no, again, no rain, n- nothing like that. There's just a cloud, and the cloud caused him to move his faith towards Ahab and tell Ahab to do something that, again, it's not even raining yet. There's no, it hasn't rained for three and a half years, but, but he moved in faith, and there's something about this that just... D- just cranks God guys that, that, that you get up from your place of prayer and you just lift your hands and you worship God and, and your countenances change and your and your attitudes change and, and God's just c- kind of deposited more faith in you your faith is getting strengthened a little bit more and, and you just say, I know that I connected with God. I don't see anything, but I know change is on the way. I know it's on the way because God is faithful to his word. He's faithful to his word. So so, so, so we just got to walk by faith. So so listen, it's, it's, it's like you get up from prayer not with a mopey face and not with like, well, I hope God listened to me and I hope God heard and I wish or I won't. Let me cross my fingers. No, we believe that when you pray to the Father in Jesus' name, number one, He hears you and James 5 14 and 15 says we now have confidence that we have what we've asked from him as our present possession Right now you got it right now. Come on a You got it right now. You just haven't seen it right now. You got it right now Come on. You got the answer right now But now you got to walk it out. That's your faith walking it out Last thing I see here is that his prayers energized him his prayers energized him. What do you mean? Come on, we, we said it, man. He outran a chariot. Come on, somebody. Usain Bolt. He's out there pointing. Come on, man. After the one hundred, the two hundred meter, he outran a chariot. How? Like, like this is just a sign. This is a sign and a wonder. I'm not going to say you're gonna your car is going to get any better gas mileage when you pray. Come on, everybody. Uh, I'm not going to say you know you're going to make it from the first floor to the second floor. Your stairmaster. What? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that when you pray, it is going to energize you. I believe it's going to work in your life. Listen, we are a spirit. We have a soul, and we live in a body I believe when you pray to God something happens in your spirit your soul and in your body I believe strength comes I believe revitalization comes I believe you'll sleep better if you pray come on i come on I be, come on I believe things are gonna work in you that you don't even know because you're just connecting with God and giving divine order come on God first come on and to get some other things lined up in your life where now I'm not ahead of God and I'm not above God and I'm not just thinking about me in the morning come on I got my God time first Come on, put God first. I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God. And then you're going to add on my... Stuff. So I don't need to get up in the morning and start thinking about my business plan and start thinking about ordering my day. No, 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 no. I got to get with Jesus first. Come on, we lost some amens on that one, but that's okay. So man, Elijah, he, 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 he prophesied this and he knew it was time. It's interesting. He knew it was time for the rain, but the rain didn't come yet. And the rain needed somebody to pray. The purpose of God needed somebody on earth to pray it out. And for your purpose and the thing that God has for your life, it's not going to come casually and it's not going to come by accident. You are going to have to aggressively and persistently and dedicate yourself to prayer. And I would say fasting, especially during the season. Skip a meal. Maybe, uh, or just just uh, fine tune your eating. Le- leave off sweets and leave off some, some fatty stuff and maybe leave off meat for a day and, and just say, God, I'm giving you this and I want you to work in me. I need to hear you right now. I need you, need you to work in my life and I, I need you to work in this situation. Jesus actually said in one, uh, w- 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 one instance where the disciples couldn't cast out a devil and Jesus, well, they asked him, how come we couldn't cast this devil out? And Jesus said in, in the gospel of mark this kind didn't come out, but by prayer and fasting it's interesting Some people say the fasting isn't in the original language I don't know but it's just interesting. It's in our Bible right now And I believe it fasting doesn't change God fasting positions you to hear God clearly hearing God clearly and Jesus Detailed and pinpointed the problem in that situation and there was instant deliverance when he did it with that boy So maybe something that you need in your life is that you need to just push back from a meal You need to push back from certain things you need to shut your Netflix friends episode number 6042 off You need you need to get your binge TV. You need to get your stuff off Come on You need to crank back a little bit and just get alone with God who's gonna set the course for your life for 2020. Can somebody say amen to that right there? Yeah. We read this story with Moses, and I love this story. So let me talk to you about it a little bit. The Amalekites all of a sudden show up one day before the nation of Israel. They've been doing it all the time. The Amalekites were always at odds with the nation of Israel. And here's Moses and the gang, the whole, the whole nation, they're, they're marching through the wilderness. And, and the Bible says that the Amalekites come and, and, and join themselves in the Valley of Rephaim. If you don't know what the Valley is, the Valley of Rephaim actually is translated the Valley of the Giants. The Valley of the Giants. Is that Goliath was actually Rephaim. It means giants. There's about four of them that are listed in the Bible. Giants of that. And so the enemy, I think it's really interesting that the enemy always wants to get you on his territory. He wants to get you in fear, he wants to get you in anxiety, wants to get you in worry, wants to get you looking at what you see and what's not happening. He wants to get you out of where you're at and get you so that he can start winning the battle and turning the tide in your life. Listen to me, never fight the devil on his territory. So the Bible actually says this, is that Moses says, I'm, I'm going to climb the hill, and I like it, you know, I'm going to climb the hill, uh, think with me, I'm going to get a different advantage, I'm not just going to see here and see the enemy, uh, you know, eye to eye, I'm going to get a different advantage, I- I'm going to climb the hill, and, because how many know elevation will give you an advantage? I- I'm going to climb the hill, and I- I'm going to see clearer, and, and, but, but uh, uh, I need you, Joshua, I-, I need you to go down, and I-, I need you to fight the battle, but when I climb that hill, I'm not just going to climb uh, alone, where I'm not going to carry anything I'm gonna carry something I'm gonna carry the rod of God he says and the rod of God with Moses you know the signs and the wonders and the miracles that he did all the plagues that happened the rod was a pertinent piece of equipment in everything that he did and I believe the rod of God just represents the authority of God that God's giving you authority over all the works of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you the scripture says right the rod represents your authority who you are in Christ Who Jesus Christ is in you because of his death, burial, and resurrection. And the rod represents the word of God. So so listen to me. We're we're climbing a hill in prayer. And we're believing God to do something amazing in our life and with our families. Or whatever you are believing God for. And God wants you to get out from the valley of the giants. And away from the territory of the enemy. So you can see clearly. And you can hold up the authority of who Jesus Christ is in your life. And hold up the authority... Of the word of God. Hold up the word over your problem. Come on. Get the word over your problem. Don't talk the problem. Don't believe the problem. Don't, don't agree with the problem. Get the word of God. This is what God says. Great peace will be me mine because I love your law. I love your word. I'm going to walk in peace. And whatever it is that you're dealing with, get the word of God up and above that. And you'll see God move in your life in a new way. Man man oh man so he climbs the scripture says "As as long as Moses held up the staff in his hand it says that Israelites had the advantage uh, but then but it says whenever he dropped his hand it says the the Amalekites started gaining the advantage and here's what I know uh, again been, been serving God for almost 40 years now here's what I know you're gonna go through seasons of weariness even maybe during 21 days of prayer and fasting, and I've talked to a lot and listened to a lot of people, a whole lot, um, uh, been in the game longer than me and, and connected, you know, maybe even a deeper way than me, and, and the ebbs and flows of a spiritual life, huh. the ebbs and flows, where, where I, f- I feel like I'm really connected or uh, I'm, 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 I'm being attacked in a, a crazy way right now. and, and, and You get weary, and, and Moses was getting weary physically, and when he got weary physically, remember, he's got the rod up, but if the rod is up, my people are winning but, but but man the brother's old now come on he's getting old and so he said I can't I can't hold it up any longer so he dropped the rod and what while the rod came down the authority of God the word of God over the nation as a leader the enemy would win and so let me just kind of back up just a second again if you lay down your authority you lay down the word of God over your life as a single person the enemy's going to win Dads, if you're over the house and it's a two uh, husband and wife household, dads, you are the spiritual leader of your house. Men, you are the spiritual leader of your house. Hold the word of God over your wife, hold the word of God over your kids. Don't let the enemy win, don't let the enemy get an advantage. So he's weary and Man, maybe it's maybe it's not, of course, physically for Moses, but maybe for you it's spiritually. You've just been in a battle. Maybe it's emotionally. I don't know what I, I'm just being attacked and barraged in my emotions. But well, it's interesting that Moses had two friends. We read it, Aaron and her. And they climbed the mountain with him. They climbed the mountain with him. It's interesting. I think so many of us kind of think that if it's just me, you know, when I'm going through life, it's, it's just it's just me and Jesus. This means I was I was in I was raised in an environment like this. Let me tell you, when I was a kid growing up, all you need is you and Jesus, just you and Jesus. And there is so much truth to that, but there's so much error to that. It's not just you and Jesus; it's you, Jesus, and somebody with some skin on. Come on, somebody. Or else it's the body of Christ, me and you. We're, we, we're, you know, what are we here for? We're here for one another. That's what we're here for. We're here for one another. And so Moses is on that mountain. Oh, and, and Aaron and her climb with him. Well, listen, his hands got weary, and he, and he starts putting his hands down, and the enemies win. And so the Bible actually says that, that, that Aaron and her uh, start started changing the situation. Let's talk about it. I think you need at least two kind of friends in your life that are like these brothers. Number one, Aaron. In the Old Testament, the, the, the Old Testament names are really a prophetic picture many times of who the person was. The name Aaron means a light bringer. Here's what his name means. A light bringer. A light bringer. I believe you need somebody in your life, you need some people in your life that, that, that are just en- encouragers, that, that are going to get, you know, get the darkness off your life, that man, you, you're coming in and it looks like hell's breaking loose all around you, man, that these people are just going to encourage you and say, no, it's a bright day, come on, God's going to change the situation, come on, with God all things are possible, come on, come on, I'm going to lift your hands again, anybody got somebody like that? I'm going to lift your hands again, how about you be that way for somebody? don't wait for somebody to be that for you you be it for somebody you go to bat for somebody you pray for somebody you lift somebody's arms that looks like they're weary and going through the battle but then there's this other brother named named her it's kind of interesting the name her means hole not w-h-o-l like like you're a hole no it means hole like hole in the ground what it actually means in the Old Testament it's also used as a subterranean prison I I think it's important you need to encourage you in your life. Uh, This is kind of like my grace part of who I am I'm kind of like Tigger. I can bounce in I can encourage uh, you know But you need to have some people that'll get down in the hole with you. Come on somebody Somebody that will get in the muck with you and say I'm gonna be here in the prison pit until we get out (laughs) You got to have both You got to have both you got to have an Aaron you got to have a her I said here's Moses hands getting weary and her comes on one side and Aaron comes on the other side the light bringer and the guy that's gonna get you out of the hole and they hold up his arms and the Bible says that the enemy was being pushed back but that's not all the Bible says before they actually lifted Moses hands they sat Moses on a rock or a stone the rock or the stone represents Christ he is the rock he is the rock he is the rock he is the stone the scripture says the builders rejected so Moses is going through it and the enemy seems to be winning we're gonna get you seated right on the rock we're gonna get you seated again of who you are in Christ and we're gonna raise your hand the light bringer's gonna raise your hand and the guy that's gonna be with you in a hole we're gonna raise your hand and God is gonna now get the advantage over our enemy amen everybody come on what a picture that is amen everybody So listen to me. You you need Jesus and friends. Come on, you need Jesus and friends. And I believe the best friends you need are people right here in this church. You need Jesus. Come on, You, you need Jesus, but you need to get in a small group. Come on, in February, we're launching small groups. You need to get in a small group where people are doing life together and you can connect together and you can see God working in your life and working with somebody else that's been maybe in the same situation you've been in. Come on, you need Jesus and Spectrum Church, everybody. Come on, you need to be here every time the doors are open that you can be here come on we need each other can somebody say amen yeah 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 I believe what we see from the stories that your prayer and authority on the hilltop determine the victory in the battle uh, in the valley I should say that the prayer and authority on the hilltop determine what happened down there so, so maybe you're just trying to maybe you're down here in the uh, in the valley trying to pass out business cards or uh, trying to do resumes. Uh, you're you're trying to go door-to-door Are door, uh, you doing all your social media your networking and you're trying to, and then you're trying to you're trying to get around and take all the classes for the in the business you're in and you're trying to do anything and, and you're just trying to and You're wearing yourself and jacking yourself up. I'm not saying don't do anything because that's called faith in action but the first thing you got to do is come on, you gotta use your authority and you gotta get up on the hill. Because what you do up on the hill with God will determine what goes on down there in the valley. What you do every morning will determine what goes on during the day. What you do in the course of your life over years and decades determines how your life will turn out. So let's make a change. You're gonna change, you're gonna, you're gonna stir one of the big huge cruise ships, the Queen Mary. They said if you are ever going to make a change on the Queen Mary, big big ship, big sea, right? big cruise ship, you gotta plan two miles out at least before you can even start turning that ship. You gotta start planning, I'm gonna change my life, I'm gonna change the trajectory of my life, not gonna happen overnight, but I'm gonna start, I'm gonna start putting spiritual things first, I'm gonna start seeking first the kingdom of God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start coming to church, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make some changes in 2020, not just some New Year's pledge, this is gonna be what I am going to do for the rest of my life. How are you gonna win in the unseen realm? Let me give you three three simple thoughts as we climb close this morning you gonna win in this unseen realm number one let me just encourage you never look at yourself just never look at yourself don't look at yourself don't look at your limitation don't look at your inability don't look at your age don't look at your race don't look at your education or lack of it just refuse to look at yourself i'm not going to look at how long i've been a christian or not a christian how long i've been in church and not in church i'm not going to look at what happened last year and just god you couldn't do anything now no no don't look at yourself never look number two at the battle never look at the battle Get your eyes off the battle. Uh, the, the scripture tells us over in the book of Judges, there's a guy named Gideon, and he, he's going to go to fight with the enemy. And he gets thirty-two thousand men. And God says, "Too many men, too many, too many men." And God actually whittles down the army to three hundred men. <laughs> three hundred. It was it was impossible before, but now it's uber impossible. If you know what I mean. It's like there's absolutely 100% no way 300 guys can defy. It was like fighting one against 100. Impossible. Yet God says, I like those odds. I like those odds. And God gave them a plan. They supernaturally routed the enemy. Never look at the battle. Never look at the doctor's report. That's the final authority. Never look at the, what, 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 the, the, what the person told you at, at the work. You'll never get a raise. You'll never go, You'll never be hired. Never look at that. Get your eyes on God. Climb the hill. Raise, raise the rod. Use your authority. Raise the word of God over that situation. Let's watch what God does. Come on. Never look at yourself. Never look at the battle. But always look to God. Let's always look to God. Hezekiah was a king, and he turned his face to the wall, and he prayed to God. He, he got a report from a prophet that said, set your house in order. You're going to die. Man, he said, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. He turned his face to the wall, away from everybody, it says, and just started crying out to God. Maybe that's what you need to do right now for the next couple of weeks. Hopefully for the next years of your life. Just not be moved by what you've seen. Just turn your face to God and say, God, you said this for my life. You said this for my family. You said this for my my body. This is what your word says for for the purpose for my life, for the call of God on my life. I I hear the sound of abundance of rain, uh, but but nothing's, nothing's happening. I, I got to get out of the battle. I got to get out of the valley. I, I got to get my eyes on God. I'm not going to look at myself, but I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look to you. King Jehoshaphat said this. We've read it before. Wakes up one day, surrounded by the enemy. Surrounded by the enemy. He said this. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Come on. Anybody going to keep your eyes on God, the Father, this, this year? Come on. Going to keep our eyes on God, the Father. Come on. Amen and amen. Amen. Come on, bow your head. Father God, in Jesus' name. That's what we decide to do right now. Help us all year.